Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. Doing yeah? good. I'm glad to hear it. We want to say thank you to everybody out there for joining us for this episode. We'll get a shout out. It's taken care of right away. The first one is going to go to that place. You know, we're, we're a week after Christmas, or a week after Thanksgiving. We're going into Christmas do you need a gift for that wrestling fan in your life? Then go to collarandelbowbrand.com and use the promo code 4CORNERSPODCAST. That is the number 4, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast with no spaces to save 10% off your order. Um, they've got new designs going up all the time. They're soft. They're comfortable. I can't recommend them enough. And we, they are not on like a six-week wait like pro wrestling tees. They will get you huh. your shirt within a week. That is oh, true. Their shipping charges don't cost more than the actual shirts themselves. Yeah. Right. Like, right. And like pro wrestling tees. I'm not um, – I like the stuff pro wrestling tees does, but their shipping time has gotten absurd. Yeah, it's it's a bit much. Um, but Collar and Elbow gets the stuff to you. They're good folks, and it's super comfortable. Like, that's that's why I wanted to get on board with them, is I had some of their stuff before we started that. It was some of the most comfortable shirts I've ever had. So get and on out there and get you some Collar and Elbow for Christmas. If they Like, I ordered a bunch, and um, they didn't have one, so they just sent a note with it saying they'll ship it to me once they have it in stock. So... Um, yeah, they're good to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's our first shout-out, and our other shout-out goes over to Matt. Yeah, that would be to Orlando Colon. You know, Orlando Colon is a guy who I would book to win my own personal wrestling tournament. Why, Matt, that right. sounds like a segue. <laughs> it is a segue. It is a segue. Brad, what are we going into tonight? So we just trudged through... Yes, no, we, we, cut, we did a two-parter, so we... We we cut we we went through six episodes of a podcast on on this GWF TV title tournament, and mm-hmm. I think would you say by about episode three we realized we made a huge mistake with our <laughs> choices? Yeah, I think when they started running uh, reruns of of matches we'd already seen, and they started doing that like twice, like I think that was probably when we knew things were had gone off the rails. Yeah, so. We we went into this with good intentions and we thought we were gonna have a lot of fun. I mean, I still think we we sort of did, but I mm-hmm. think Justin, our friend Justin, um, there's mm-hmm. your obligatory mention this week, by the way. Um, <laughs> mentioned, I think he was listening to like six, five and six. He's like, wow, Shad sounds really defeated. I don't think I've ever heard someone sound so 
dejected before. All the recaps, man. It, it really does eat at your soul, like, mm-hmm. after a while. And they're not even, like, quick recaps, either. No, no, they're not. They're so long. Well, I was looking at a match listing for the light heavyweight title tournament, and it literally says, like, the finish for this got cut off for some reason, but it's recaps, so you'll see it three or four times throughout the rest of the tournament. Ah. And I was like, oh. yep. Oh. That's not a good sign. Yeah. So we decided, I think we decided about halfway through this, um, that we were going to rebook this because it just didn't work the way they did it. No. Yeah. It, it, it needed some fixings. Because, like, let's let's get into, I think, what we all agree was, like, a capital sin with this, is making it a three-bracket tournament with that weird, like, pre-final did not work. Yeah. No. No. It, it didn't. Uh, you didn't need three brackets. The coin flip thing, even though Buddy Landell made something amusing of it, was overcomplicated. We, it, it was it was unnecessary. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, you know, we, we're... Okay, we're going to see what we can come up with to make this a little easier to watch. Yeah, so... Um, why don't we just each take our turn and talk about what we would do? So why don't... Who wants to start, Matt? Do you want to start us off? Yeah, I can start. Okay. okay. Uh, so I actually... I, I went through the previous episodes and I wrote down the names of everyone who participated in this tournament. It is mm-hmm. a total of 24 different workers. Oh my god. And so what I did for my tournament is I basically made it a 16-man tournament as it really should have been. So I cut out eight guys from the tournament mm-hmm. um, that I did not feel were necessary or that annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, so I will say, uh, in the, in the unnecessary category, yeah, it was Brian Adidas, Randy oh. Rhodes, although Randy Rhodes almost kind of like annoyed me because it's, I, I don't know, it, is it, are, was they trying to rub a rib on, on Dusty, but he wasn't necessary. Uh, yeah. Sweet Daddy Falcone, uh, Zebra Kid, and Jimmy oh. James, uh, the Hitman. And Jeff Gaylord, I also thought was unnecessary. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy who annoyed the piss out of me, and I don't know why he was in so much of the damn tournament, even if it's more than one match. Billy Black. Right. I don't care I that, that like Joe, <laughs> I don't care that Joe Pedestino uh, knew him or whatever, but he was to me worthless. I can't stand him. I can't imagine. I do not understand how All Japan, even back in the back in the day when All Japan was like, they just hired you know Gaijin for. A, a tournament or I'm sorry, a, a tour. I, he's still comprehensible to me because he wasn't good at all. Right. In my opinion, he was uh, if, so like cut. If he was, mm-hmm. it, it, I will. The only thing I can say positive about him in this tournament is if, if he was, if he had merits as a worker, they matched him up with the worst people to bring out like his good points is what I'll say in his, mm-hmm. in, in I'm not saying he's good or that I think he's good. I've only seen maybe like six matches of his ever that I can remember. But like I'm saying, like mm-hmm. if he is indeed like an okay talent, they did not book him well to bring that out. And just if I was if I was going to be of a mind to defend him, but I agree with you. I think that's a I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, because it's it if 
there there were a few places where they were not booking two strengths for people. So yeah, yeah, I get that. So I cut it down to sixteen people, and then I made my own brackets where it was going to be single elimination. There was no like weird pre-final where you know some guy has to flip a coin and then competes in the final none of that it's like you you either win your match in the single elimination tournament or you're out mm-hmm. so uh i'm going to go through my entire brackets i try to pair this with guys that i personally in my opinion think if they wanted to feature them they mm-hmm. could book them in a way where at least like the first round matches they were going to win and guys that you could use as your main guys in the tournament uh, or just in your promotion, that's how you would try and book them. So I did, I did my personal like booking of things and guys that I think that uh, they should have featured down the road is like main event guy. They're clearly going to push. It's like big deals. So first mm-hmm. uh, bracket in the tournament. Oh well, first slot uh, of my, let's see eight matches. Okay, first slot Patriot. Big fan of the Patriot. Actually, as I said last episode, I felt the right guy went over. Patriot, I think, was he was going to be like your main face, your ace of the promotion. And he was pretty much used that way throughout GWF uh, when Mm -hmm. you're talking about like the actual like heavyweight division, not light heavyweight. But I liked him a lot. I think he was a great uh, fit for this. Uh, And I just like Del Wilkes individually. Like I think he was interesting as the trooper in AWA. Um, I liked him in WCW. I wish he had more of a run in the WWE. Well, then it was WWF, but uh, I think he got he ultimately like got cut because he, well, was injured. But his drug abuse started to get really bad. But, yeah. Uh, Patriot. I I actually had I basically did the match that they did here in this turn in the in the actual tournament. A uh, Patriot versus Stan Lane. And the reason I did that is because Stan Lane was obviously a very well-established guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would have Patriot versus Stan Lane, and I would have Patriot go over. Okay. So that you have Patriot already in like in, uh, going over an established talent, a guy that clearly was competent, was part of one of the best tag teams of all time in the Midnight Express. Uh, you have him go over, like show that right out the gate that this guy is like a player. Mm-hmm. So he goes over, and in his bracket, immediate bracket, the next match I had was Big Bully Busick, and I was having him go up against uh, Mexican talent Phantasma. And yeah, I, I like that better than Bill Irwin mm-hmm. and Phantasma. Yeah, Bill Irwin. Yeah, because I thought you could have Bill, uh, Bully Busick, who you're trying to present as like this you know, roughneck, a guy that you can present as like uh, uh, kind of like a a good heel for you maybe not a main event heel but definitely like a mid-card heel but you want to present him as his gimmick is as a bully as mm-hmm. like a, a rough a rough dude have him go against phantasma who is a smaller opponent but a guy that you know could bump for him it'd be par- probably slightly of a styles clash because uh, i mean Busick's not going out there and doing like lucha moves but you could have phantasma right. like bump bump around for him and make him look good when Busick ultimately wins uh, using power move or using the bully blaster or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'd have Busick go over 
which would set up uh, Patriot versus Busick in uh, the quarterfinals. So in that same bracket, I would do Makan Singh okay. against against Private Terry Daniels. This is more of a – I think that that was the match they had in the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would just I would basically kind of repeat that. Uh, you're good. You're gonna have Mackenzie go over, and you just want a match where it's like Terry Danielson go out there, maybe do enough offense to look like he was a guy that maybe you should pay attention to when he starts having matches in the regular non-tournament GWF. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's also a guy out there to eat a pinfall. Like he's he's not gonna be. Mackenzie. He's like an SD like, Jones, kind of like that yeah. step above like a jobber. Yeah, he's like one step up from like a basic jobber. Okay. So I would have Pocket Singh go over there. Uh, and then that's to finalize that one bracket, it would be uh, Terry Garvin, who I felt was a, a pretty good face, a guy that they actually did use in GWF as like a, a pretty good mid card face. But a guy like in the in tournament, I would want him to be established as like, this is a guy you should pay attention to. Uh, uh, this is a, a face that we're going to use down the road. Um, I'd have him go up against Doug Summers, who Doug Summers was an established guy. I don't know how many people really remember him, but he was, he was, I think it was AWA, right? With, uh, Buddy uh, Rose. Buddy Rose. Yeah. They, they, they a formed a Portland mainstay uh, too. So, yeah, but they had a really good tag team. They're really, really good for people who don't, who haven't seen their work. Um, probably because they're not as well known, obviously as people like midnight express or, Rock and Roll Express, Fantastics, other things like that. For 80 tag teams, they were actually really good. And Doug Summers was very competent. So mm-hmm. uh, he's not as well-known, obviously, as Stan Lane. But having Garvin go over Summers, I felt, would add a little bit of like cachet to him. Uh, it would be pretty impressive. It would probably be a pretty decent match, too. So mm-hmm. I'd have him go over. Uh, so that's that's one side of the bracket. I'll get to the, the quarterfinals on that end in a second. To fit the other uh, side of the bracket, I would have Buddy Landell as the heel, mm-hmm. and he'd be facing gorgeous Gary Young, who I think in the the span of of GWF, and I think I think Gary Young was also in was he in U was he in uh, what other promotion we did USWA or um, he did USWA and I think mm-hmm. he did some world class. Yeah, uh, in the span of his career, I always felt I saw him as a heel. So he's probably more of a heel, but he can work as a as the face effectively in this tournament. I'd have him go against Landell. Landell could they probably have a decent match, but ultimately, like Landell will be going over. Uh, it's not a nothing match, but it's just a it's a match to get Landell over. You could probably have him do some cheating stuff too, just to establish him as just a total dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then he'd go over. It's not a you could have Gary. You could have Gary Young kind of look impressive in that match too, but ultimately he's there to take the pinfall. Uh, on the other side of that uh, bracket, I would have. I'd actually redo the match that they they actually had in the tournament of Exotic Adrian Street versus Axel Rotten, uh, because I think it was important to get Adrian over. Adrian wasn't really. Uh, he's a good worker. He was still a great worker. In the early 90s, even though at this point in time he had been in the business like what, 25 years, 20, 25 years. Uh, but he's he has a lot of actual like value to him. He has star value. He's a good worker. 
Uh, Axel Rotten wasn't much of anything at this point. Uh, you could argue <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't much of anything <laughs> ever, but he at least with that description of him. <laughs> Axel Rotten became more of at least like a a name guy when he was uh, in EC. Uh, I I actually thought in the actual tournament that him going over Rotten was a pretty good a pretty good fit for what you're trying to do and get Adrian over. But I'd have Adrian go over in that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you'd have Landell versus Adrian in the quarterfinals. But to finish up uh, this side of the bracket, I would have Chris Walker because you're presenting him as like you know you're you're kind of like your number two face. I've had him in a match with Rip Rogers, and I would have okay. Walker. Well, I've had Walker go over, uh, which kind of, I kind of, kind of thought about this one. It's like I like Rip a lot. Rip was actually going to be part of the cartel, which was kind of like their big heel faction in GWF. So I kind of, uh, I've almost waffled a bit in having him go out in the first match, uh, first mm-hmm. round match. But I felt it's important to get Walker over. And uh, Rip would probably if if we're uh, going by what actually happened because that's actually what I would do too because if you look at Chris mm-hmm. Walker's body of work during the tournament, Rip actually got something decent out of him. Yeah, Rip was a, was a very good worker, very underrated overall as a worker. Um, great trainer too. He would actually probably pull something pretty good out of Walker, and but he would also be competitive enough that when mm-hmm. Walker ultimately goes over in the match. It would mean something because he actually probably had to would have to fight for it. It's not just him going in there and steamrolling a guy, making Rip Rogers look like a jobber. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that would actually be a, a good matchup and would help establish Walker as the face that you want him to be. And then the final, uh, the final bracket, the final match of that particular uh, ter- the first round tournament, I would have Bill Irwin. I I'd, I'd keep him in there because he did have some name value. But I would have him losing <laughs> to Rasta the Voodooman. And I I felt Rasta was very green. He needed a lot of work. But if you are presenting him as like a guy you should watch, mm-hmm. which I think that they were going to do, uh, I would have him go over in in this first round match of the tournament to establish him as like a guy. So that would be that'd be my first round. Mm-hmm. Moving to the quarter, moving to the quarterfinals. Let's go back to the other uh, other side of the bracket. You'd have Patriot against Big Blue Music. I okay. had this just be like a kind of like a Haas match. They were, they're just like throwing bombs at each other. The, uh, GWF, from what I saw in the tournament, didn't really seem like they were doing a lot of Haas stuff, uh, even though they could have. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how that mashup would have turned up but it had i would feel like on paper it seemed like it would have potential so i would wasn't a stiff so he wasn't a i would if i was the one booking it if i was bill eby i would tell them like look go out there and just throw bombs at each other like have a uh being patriot had experience with all japan i'd basically tell him like look go out there and act like you're in all japan you don't 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 necessarily drop bully on his head but go out there and like throw some you know, stiff clotheslines, uh, have a good match. Bully, mm-hmm. same thing. I'm telling, like, go out there and just throw bombs at, at Patriot. Make the make it make everything look like a, you know, just a fight, a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. But but ultimately, I would have Patriot go over. Okay. Uh, and then 
it's you have the matchup of Makin Singh versus Terry Garvin. Um, I I'd probably book it how I was in the actual tournament. Uh, make Terry look competitive, have mm-hmm. him have some some plucky babyface fire, but ultimately have Makin Singh's size, a uh, strength, his weight, everything be the de- deciding factor where he would be Garvin. But I would have Garvin look competitive because again, you're looking down the road, you're trying to build towards Garvin being at least a very solid mid-card face for you. So make him look good, even if he's going to lose. But I would have... Mm-hmm. Uh, switching over to the other side of the tournament bracket, uh, it's Landell versus Adrian Street. Um, these two, I actually feel like could have a really fun match. Uh, I think I think Adrian would have a lot of fun with Landell. Landell would obviously try and probably do like cheating or chicanery to to win the match, but you could have you could probably have like ten minutes of Adrian just like screwing with him and Landell getting like pissed off and trying to cheat and it doesn't work out until finally like he does some sort of cheating to mm-hmm. ultimately win the match. But I felt that could actually be a really entertaining match because Adrian had a lot of experience at this point and was just I felt in this tournament was fun to watch with some of the antics he pulled and just being a good worker. This one would be mm-hmm. one, I think, a sleeper match for the tournament would be, it could have a lot of potential. Uh, and then that would lead to Conan Chris Walker versus Rothstein Demand, which would be a total garbage match. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you would, it'd be an awful match, uh, but the point again is to get Walker over. So I would probably actually try and have him win clean, but if you wanted to protect Rasta, you could have Rasta do something to draw a DQ. Hit him with a stick. Um, yeah, like he did in the in turn the actual tournament. Yeah. Uh, so to our semi semifinals, you have Patriot versus Mockin Singh. Uh, I would have Patriot go over, but I would I would have this be more of like a not a I guess not a Haas match, but definitely more of a, a kind of like a war where actually I probably have Mockin basically dominate Patriot most of the match. Until Patriot would occasionally have, you know, like some babyface hope spots, and then ultimately do something where he gets the advantage, maybe bust out a Patriot missile uh, after Machen does something that he gets injured or, or misses a spot, something like that, where Patriot could get that win. You want to make Patriot seem like he can handle himself, but because of Machen's size and looking down the road. I probably book Mackenzie as like a main heel, who could could realistically compete for the TV title. Uh, you want to keep him strong too, so have him look good, have him kind of dominate Patriot for a bit before Patriot picks off the windfall to make him look good. But everyone comes out of it strong. And then flipping to the other side, uh, Buddy Landell versus Chris Walker. I would just flat out have Buddy. Landell win over Chris Walker, but you're trying to present Chris Walker as like your number two face. You want to protect him. Have Landell cheat. Have him cheat to win some way for an object, heat on the ropes, hold on the tights, something to get him a cheap victory where mm-hmm. he's hated by the crowd, but he's still going over. Uh, I think that would be the way to go where Walker is still kind of protected, even though he looking at the tournament, like the actual tournament, the disparity between Walker and other guys uh, in terms of <laughs> talent and experience was pretty stark. Yeah. But 
it clear it's clear like they that's the thing that again that I liked about the action tournament. Uh I I can say like I didn't think that Walker was good, but it's clear like they thought he was a star. Uh based upon fan reactions, it's possibly you could say like yes, you people were buying him as a star. So if you're gonna book him as such, that's fair. But I think that you should try and protect him if that's the way you're gonna go. So have him lose Landell, uh, but have Landell do something like cheating to win. Keep him a little bit strong. Uh, and that would ultimately get you Patriot versus Buddy Landell as the, the final, which is what we got in the actual tournament. I like that matchup, at least on paper. The actual match uh, wasn't that great. It's like five, six minutes. Uh, but I would actually have like a more competitive match. Again, you could have you could actually have you could do the style where it's like Patriot goes, Patriot starts to dominate. You know, they already had this match uh, in late NWA or Jim Cocker promotions. Shamelessly steal from Sting Flair in Clash One. Have mm-hmm. Patriot be like super faced, dominating early, and then Buddy Landell does something like cheats where the ref isn't looking like do a low blow, something where he gets the advantage and then just have him like be starting to beat the piss out of Patriot working over arms, working over legs, doing something. And then eventually like Patriot gets like the fire back and ultimately wins the match. Shamelessly steal if you have to like work that kind of formula uh, and it would be good. But ultimately Patriot would go over just as he did at the actual tournament, your new TV champion, the Patriot. But that's how I I cut out all the extraneous crap. I'd make everything tighter. I'd focus on actually getting the guys that you want to book down the road or push down the road as your main talent. I'd have them go over in matches, make them look strong, while also trying to protect guys that you want to, to reserve for either like your number two face, one of your main heels, something like that. That's how I would do it. You and I have some similar thoughts on things we do. Actually, you and I do too, Matt. Um, so, uh, Brad, do you mind if I go next? No, go for it. All right. So, <clears throat> I read through everybody that was in this, and I came to the conclusion that that's just too many people, and I'm not doing it. And given that this 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 whole thing started with the I, you know, GWF started by being presented as all of this has already been going on, and you're just coming in in the middle. Who cares at this point, right? I'm just I'm going to start in the quarterfinals because I, frankly, uh, don't want to deal with that much. So I'm starting out with eight guys. So you could um, say you could say based on how they started off too, like all yeah. these regional promotions had like had like a first round match and sent their like representative yeah i can bs all kinds of reasons why we're doing this but i will go ahead and tell you the eight people that i have for it um and these are all people that the company seem to be behind so while i would rather not have chris walker the company was so big behind him and i don't feel like that it would be faithful to what we're trying to do to cut him out so like i so i have patriot i have chris walker i have adrian street i have el phantasma i have stan lane mock and sing bully Busick, and buddy landell 
Um, these are all, you know, these are most mostly people who had um, a yeah, at least decently prominent role. Now, what I would do is my show format would have because they were they were stretching this out for a bunch of shows, and I am not recapping for so damn many. <laughs> I'm not. No, we're not doing that. Um, you mean, Chad, you're not going to have two matches and then uh, replay those matches or other matches that we've already seen throughout the entire No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to set the building on fire before I do that. You know, it, what I'm going to do is the show format is I'm going to – the uh, TV title tournament match is going to be the main event per show. So I'm going to have some preliminary matches, and I'm going to have a promo from each person over the course of this. Uh, Bonnie Blackstone is going to uh, interview both guys who are going to be in the match, talk about what it is they bring, why they'd be a good TV champion, that sort of stuff. So I have opening match, interview with person one in the match with Bonnie Blackstone, another match, interview with the other person with Bonnie Blackstone. Um, We'll have a little talking head, head segment with our announcers, and then we'll go into our main. So here's how I have it broken down because um, it starts at four matches, two matches, one match, right? The first one, I'm going to keep this, keep exactly what they did. I'm going to keep Patriot versus Stan Lane because, you know, Stan's not sticking around. We might as well give him the rub to the Patriot. We can, we can just wholesale copy-paste that one from what they actually did, everything about it, right? And, you know, Matt said this too. Uh, then I am going to do Phantasma versus Buddy Landell. And what we're doing here is we're giving Landell the opportunity to just, I mean, just heal it up. You know, any and everything you can think of, you know, screw with the mask, everything, right? Because we want to make sure that, we want to make sure that Landell is as hated as possible. I'm going to put... Chris Walker in against Bully Busick because Bully Busick beating up on Chris Walker looks believable. It gives Chris Walker some, you know, whenever he's working, a, if, if he's going to work a comeback, something like that, um, you know, him working that on Busick should be, you know, he's not as tall as Busick is, but they're both built dudes. So, you know, it, it looks like a professional wrestling match. We'll let him do that. And then I'm going to have Adrian Street versus Mock and Sing. Mm. Oh, sorry, the winners. Patriot uh, over Lane, Landell over uh, Phantasma, Walker over Busick because the office was high on Walker and they were they were going to have this happen no matter what. And then Adrian Street versus Mock and Sing because I feel like Street and Sing could have some fun with this. If I tell them, guys, go out there and have a good match, Adrian Street's going to screw with Mock and Sing. It for the first part for for our open, and then Mockin Singh's going to do something to put Adrian Street down, and he's going to beat him up and throw him around. Street's going to have a comeback, whatever it is they want to do. We're going to go into the finish, and Singh is going to catch Street and put him down. So we get to have what I believe would be a pretty good little match between Street and Singh. We get to have a showcase, uh, a Landell showcase against Phantasma. 
we get to have Patriot versus Lane, which is really a Patriot showcase, but it's also a good match. And then we have Walker and Busick, and yeah, that's not great, but it'll be fine. We go into our, our semifinals, and we're going to have... I'm going to pair up Buddy Landell versus Chris Walker here, because I'm fair certain Landell's going to drag something kicking and streaming decently out of Chris Walker, right? Um Walker doesn't have to do a whole lot for Landell to screw with him. And then I'm going to have Patriot versus Mock and Sing. Because here, I can have Patriot goes up against the tailor-made nemesis for him. The big, evil, just-turned-heel, doesn't-want-your-stupid-ass teddy bears anymore, Mock and Sing, <laughs> from Pakistan or something. I don't... And... So Karachi. we can have Karachi yeah, Vice. Okay, there we go. We can have this these two big dudes, you know, hammering each other and and like Matt said, throwing bombs and just hitting each other with stuff. And you get to have Patriot overcome this big mean heel. Sing still looks, you know, like a, a big mean heel, and Patriot overcoming him. Everyone expects that to happen, and it's okay when it does. But do we need some drama going into the final? Mock and Sing has just, I mean, War of the Patriot. So the Patriot comes in not at 100% for the final. Landell, you know, gets over on Chris Walker and use whatever kind of heel tactics he wants to because I want to make sure that nothing Landell does is on the up and up. I want as much heel and cheating as possible through this whole thing. I want every damn thing that, that Buddy Landell can figure out how to credibly cheat on, I want him to do it. And that'll put him over Chris Walker. And so we go into that final. And Patriot starts out strong. And he's he's whipping Landell and running him around and that sort of stuff. But then, you know, he's doing all this and he starts running out of steam. And, like, his ribs are starting to hurt. Or... You know, he's 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 just generally run down. So he starts he stumbles in it. And then all of a sudden, Landell has a perfect opportunity to to chop block or or knee to the gut or something like that and take over and start working the Patriot until we get into the finish. And what I want to have in the, you know, Landell goes for uh, I don't I don't think Landell did the the Ric Flair like uh, flop from the top. spot no. that flair didn't like every match but landell goes for something and and patriot dodges it or, or or catches it or knocks him down and patriot starts you know coming back a little bit and landell feeds up to him and patriot just just by using the sheer mass that the patriots built up like landell comes up and he goes into him and patriot you know shoulder checks him down and patriots getting the crowd into him and he kind of reaches out he reaches out to the crowd to reach for him, and they start chanting. And Landell comes up again, and Patriot turns around and, and clotheslines Landell. And then Landell goes down again. Now Patriot's standing there with both arms out, and he's reaching out to the crowd, and the crowd's going, USA, USA. And Landell comes around, and he comes up, and Patriot picks him up, and we get, I don't know, some kind of big slam. And Patriot turns, and he points to the top, and he goes to start, and he gets, he's got, he's, you know, he's got one foot on the top and one's on the second rope, and he stops and he grabs his ribs. And he's like, oh, God, I got to do this with the crowd. USA, and he kind of 
points out to him and he reaches and he gets up there and he goes for Patriot missile and Landell hits it and goes down and they're both laying there because Patriot's gripping at his ribs because he's like, sing, crush me. And Landell's laying there like, I just got hit with the finish. I'm dead. And we give this, I don't know, a good five or six count. And then Patriot rolls over and puts his arm over Landell and we get that three count because we get this triumphant success and we get the crowd behind him and we put Patriot over. He he has to overcome the injuries he brought into his match with him. He has to overcome Landell's cheating. He has to overcome. It hurts him to do his own finish, but he pulls it out. And we get this big gutsy baby face win to put him over for the, uh, the TV title. And that's how I do it. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. You streamlined it. You streamlined it even more than I did. But mm-hmm. I, I I did like that you're. It's the same concept where you know the guys that they want to actually get over mm-hmm. or push. So you may you focused on those guys uh, mm-hmm. with a couple guys that that are there kind of like to eat pinfalls like yeah. Phantasma, Adrian Street. Even though I, Adrian I think had more value than Phantasma, but they were. That their ultimate purpose was not to be like the main focus, but I like but that. Just, like you, you uh-huh. go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say like yeah, like you got Patriot over Walker, Walker over Makin Singh, uh, Buddy mm-hmm. Landell. Like he, the guys that you they clearly were pushing to be like main guys. Mm-hmm. Like you, it, you effectively did that too. Mm-hmm. And it's the yeah, you're you're exact. That's exactly what I'm going for. But I want the matches for this turn. I don't want so many of them. I want fewer. So they feel like a bigger deal. And then I want to have this big triumphant ending that we get that this is, this is a big, this is you know, this is a big success that's worth celebrating kind of stuff. And I know I, I kind of got into it real big with like micro, micro agenting the finish, but I could just kind of see it playing out in my mind, you know? So there we go. So Brad, that that takes us to you. So like you guys, um, some guys got to go. For this, <laughs> so we're gonna chuck Billy Black. We're gonna chuck Randy yes. Rhodes. Um, Sweet Daddy Falcone's got to go. Then um, I'm gonna keep t- Terry Daniels just because he seems like he's a step above the other job guys. But then Zebra Kid, Jimmy James, gonna go. Oh, damn. Um, there was Zebra Kid. Jeff Gaylord's going to go. And I'm also going to kick Rasta the Voodoo Mon from this tournament mm. because mm-hmm. I don't want him to have to lose and I don't want to put the title on him. I'm actually going to save him up so that he can challenge for the North American title further in the fall. But I want to build him up with like a long undefeated streak. So putting him in this oh. tournament is actually counteractive to doing that. I like what you do, like some feature matches to kind of build Rasta's gimmick more, right? Yeah. So then I like gonna, that. I like we're, that. We're going to kick it off here. And so um, Patriot's going to beat Doug Summers in the first round. Okay. And then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to kick things up here. And Stan Lane's going to beat Brian Adias. And then um, we're going to keep Muck and Singh versus Terry Daniels as it is, just because. Um, that really makes the most sense, I think. And then we're going to have, uh, Terry Garvin beat, um, Bill Irwin to 
kind of finish off that side of the tournament. So then we're going to kick over to the other one. We're going to just keep Adrian Street versus Axel Rotten because I don't know what else to do with it. Yeah. And then we're going to have Big Bully Busick beat El Phantasma. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to keep Buddy Landell and Gary Young. Actually, I'm going to, I'm the, but I, I, I got my, my thing messed up here, but then, uh, Chris Walker is going to beat Rip Rogers in the first round, but he should be, I'm going to, he should be, um, he's going to take on big bully Busick in the second round. Okay. I just got my things a little out of shape. So then we're going to come around. Um, Patriot's going to beat Stan Lane in the second round. And then Muck okay. and Singh is going to beat Ter uh, Terry Garvin in the second round. Um, and then Chris Walker is going to beat Big Billy Busick in the second round. And then Buddy Landell is going to beat Adrian Street. So then um, Patriot is going to beat Muck and Singh in the, the semifinals just because, um, like Matt said, I think that's an impressive win for the Patriot. And you kind of need Muck and Singh to get far because he's like the head guy in the cartel. And I think he's probably your top heel based on promo skill. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the, the, the muck and sing Chris Walker match just did not work mm -mm. when they did that in the actual tournament. So then we're going to go to the other side. Um, Buddy Landell is going to beat Chris Walker Basically the same concept Matt does. Uh, probably have Chris Walker throw him around a little bit, and then Buddy, Buddy cheats to win. Mm -hmm. And then we're just gonna go to the final there. And I think the same as you guys, Patriot. We're gonna do a better match, but Patriot's gonna beat Buddy Landell to win the TV title. Mm. But where? So I guess I want to get a little more out of Stan Lane. So that's kind of why I put him, put him going over Brian Adias. I wanted to keep Brian Adias because he did have some name value in Texas, so he belongs on the card, and people that watch World Class probably knew of him. Um, and like I said, Rasta would be my first instinct was to keep Rasta because they obviously wanted to do something with him. But I was like, you know what? Like I don't want him to lose. Like he has to lose if he doesn't win the TV title, and you're not going to put your title on him. So why is he in the tournament? So kind of what I would do. So what I would do with Rasta is a roundabout. So what happens eventually is Patriot wins the North American title. So I would come out of that and I'd probably have Rasta be his first or second big challenger. And I would actually keep him just independent of the tournaments completely. And I like that move. And instead of, Instead of doing so many recaps, I would also be using some of that footage from the syndicated shows. So, like, instead of having 15 minutes of recaps, you'd probably do your couple of tournament matches. But then you'd have, like, you know, Rasta the Budamon beats a jobber. Um, you know, Jerry Lynn beats a jobber. That sort mm -hmm. of stuff. So just use the airtime better. But um, that's kind of what my thinking is. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. There's there's just so much. We're we're all kind of in agreement of of the 
the stuff that didn't work and kind of chopping it out, you know? And I think we all agree with what the GWF essentially did, which was your four guys that you wanted coming out of this tournament that you wanted to feel like they mattered were the Patriot, Chris Walker, Muckin Singh, and Buddy Landell. Yeah, that's sure what they seem to be leaning into. Yeah. And, and the, that's that's why I had who I had. And well, and I feel like if you look at all these names, I feel like those are the four guys that you should probably. I mean, we can we can hem and haw about Chris Walker sucking. But based on the, the names here, <laughs> those are probably the four guys I would want to be the top four that come out of that tournament. Mm. So. I mean, maybe Big Bully Busick, but he's a heel. I would have, uh, it were it were it me, I would have been putting more emphasis on if they were up for it. That's a big if, but Rip Rogers and Adrian Street, I think I would have had more emphasis on. Adrian, even slowed down as he was, was still, um, still so good He's so really good yeah it's just, this would be me saying you know hey i'm going to uh you know it, i'd go to him and i'd say look adrian you know i'm wanting to do big things with you are you up for it or do you just kind of want to you know work the shows get your paycheck because if that's what you want to do that's fine but i'd like to do more with you are you game for it and if he says yeah i'm game for it then i start doing that right I start putting him in a bigger spot. And I, I feel like with Terry Garvin, I would kind of um, Darby Allen him up the card. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I didn't dig too much uh, outside of the eight that I picked, just because those those uh, Phantasma not so much, but after, out of everybody I picked, I needed another face to put in, so... You know, these these were all people that were either a big deal or people the company wanted to be a big deal. So I didn't dig much on the others. It looks like Adrian hangs around for the light heavyweight tournament, then he's done. Mm, okay. I'm betting that's when they started running out of money. Oh, okay. I could see that. But, uh, yeah, we, we all kind of looked and were like, yeah, this seems to be the the way we want to go and how we come to, and we all kind of come to the same point, right? Like we're all, we all build to the same, the same end and we all come to the same. Cause, cause that was pretty clear what we were going for. It's just, God, I didn't like what they did with that last match with Patriot, you know? No, I didn't. They, they really beat around the bush too much with what they did too. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like I feel like the problem they had with the extra bracket is when you really cut the eight out that would have been in that extra bracket, you really do just trim the fat. And I don't feel like the guys that beat a jobber that went on to lose in round two really got much out of that. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, like okay, you beat the zebra kid, whoop de do. Yeah. What what is the what is the benefit of beating zebra kid? Yeah. Uh, you got it. You got a little more TV time. And like, like someone like That's Rip, about it. someone like Rip getting a win, like, okay, he's kind of like people kind of know who he is. He's not like, he's not someone that like 
is synonymous with being like a main eventer and you're going to turn around and use him in the light heavyweight tournament anyway. And I bet he got a couple rounds into that. So I think you yeah. can make your hay with him there. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. So I think, I think, I think with all of our tournaments though, you could have gotten through that in like four episodes of TV, which would have been much better because where I think they really screwed up is this took seven episodes if you were going to do tournaments, like a kid should be able to watch it Monday through Friday and get through the whole tournament. My idea was still that it would be a, it would still be, you know, over seven shows. But the thing is, it doesn't have to be. It's not the entirety of the episode. No, I think like I think I'm still putting other things on there because we talked about that in parts five and six is that. They had these syndicated shows that weren't on as in it weren't on in as many markets. So why weren't you kind of using some of those matches to pad the shows out instead of doing like endless recaps, which I think would have gone over better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you could be rehabbing guys that lost too, or getting into some angles because I think that's really where, for me, where it got really trudgy is that. They were kind of the tournament kind of held angles hostage. Yeah. And they would tease stuff that never went anywhere, like Jim Cornette and Stan Lane, like they did that in episode one, and they never like did anything else with it. No, they didn't. Um, and then you know it, it in in tying so many people into this tournament and then pinning it for as long as it went yeah you're you're stalling out the rest of the promotion in a bad way yeah and you don't even have you don't even have the biggest guys that you're you're wanting to get over on your show like every show yeah because for me patriot should be on every show he doesn't need to wrestle on every show but he needs to be cutting a promo every show or wrestling every show he needs some kind of presence. Yeah, and Buddy Landell, like they just forgot about Buddy Landell for like three episodes. Like he should be on every show. Muck and Sing should be on every show. Um, Chris Walker probably shouldn't be, but if you're will, if you're wanting to push him, he needs to like be more consistent. Yeah, because he just kind of would only show up if he wrestled. But that's just my opinion, especially mm-hmm. Patriot. Above all else, Patriot should be on every episode. In mm-hmm. some capacity. Yeah, yeah, he's he's basically your ace. Like he's your focal point. Like you should have him on every show, uh, if not actual wrestling, like uh, just as a featured guy. Mm-hmm. And then that it, you know, it's like having Hogan have a presence on every show on the WWF in the '80s. That's what people are there for. Give the people what they want, but. Normally, I know I've said this before, normally I like tournaments, but that's because you can branch off new storylines from them. Can I can I branch off a new storyline out of mine? Sure, I can have, after it's all over, I could have Bully Busick jump Chris Walker after his match with Landell, and we could feud out of that. Or, you know, Singh uh, loses to Patriot, but... You know he's he's still around and still uh, still pissed. So you know he could come back after Patriot again. You know all that sort of thing. But 
there's opportunities for it, but even they didn't do any of that. Even as much as I don't, we don't like Axel Rotten. Like you could have, they didn't do anything with it. It looks like, but like, why wasn't there more done like with the Adrian Street and Axel Rotten stuff? I don't know. You know that that there there were some avenues here that I felt like they didn't go with. Yeah. There were some some things they could have explored and done more. Because remember, like Axel came out to like Adrian Street's music, like he cheated and stuff. Like it seems like I don't think it would have been good, but it would have been something. Mm-hmm. They definitely needed more of something for this. Yeah. Instead of but, nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So anyway, um, do we have any other thoughts we want to pin with this one? Um, I want to do a complete watch through in my personal time of the GWF at some point, but I just dread like having to sit through another, another tournament like this. <laughs> and the, the thing is they do, I don't think the tag title one is as long, but they at mm-hmm. least do this two more times for the singles belts. And then, um, the tag title one is shorter, I think, but it's just like, you pretty much go through the whole first summer of this promotion in tournaments. And I just don't, that's just not the way to like get people invested. No, mix it up. Don't, don't, you're doing the same thing over and over again and mix it up. Cause they're going to, people are going to get, hell, we got bored here and it was all one thing doing a bunch of tournaments. is just going to get more boring. And I think, I think that's the more, the older I get, the more I think um, good wrestling is not necessarily important. Like it's all the, you need the spice of like the angles and like the the stuff around wrestling because good wrestling will only get you so far. And I think that's why a certain company died um, in the past month versus all these other companies because they were still like, we give you good wrestling and that's not really a novelty anymore. And people are now like, no, we need, it's kind of like the scales of turn where people are like, no, we need like the bullshit now. Yeah. To go with it. It is, it is something we need. You need something that engages you emotionally. And that's, that's something that wrestling has that a lot of other things, what makes wrestling different from, MMA. MMA doesn't typically like if if you just want to see a combative spectacle, sure, watching MMA is great for that. But if you want something that's going to engage you and draw you in with with storytelling, you, you need wrestling for that. And whenever you cut all of that out, you're removing so much of the allure. You know, there are some people that have told me it's like no i'm not into wrestling but then they come in when i'm watching something and suddenly get drawn in right like they're all of a sudden hooking how did he get away with that ref didn't see it but that's cheating yep sure is but you know it's on the it's on the tapes like yeah but the ref didn't see it at the time and and the you know all of a sudden they're they are upset because they watched someone cheat in a wrestling match, it just earlier they were deriding because they were like, "Oh come on, that's not really a thing." You know, all of a sudden they're they're hooked like that. And I'm like, "This is what I've been trying to tell you." I understand that you want to do 
you know, you, you have this connotation to it that it's it's not um, it's too unrealistic or something. But you know, when uh, John Oliver said, whenever he covered wrestling on his show, he goes, "When it's good, there's nothing like it." Yeah, and it's that's the thing. It's fun. Have some fun with it. Don't just say go have a match. Because if you say go have a match, you don't even have a heel face dynamic. You just have two guys doing stuff. I don't know. Yeah, so um, so going forward, I don't think we necessarily know what our next thing is going to be. We're going to do so. We have we, we're going to just kind of we're going to grind this year out with some cartoon talk. And then we're going to kind of do a year recap and we're bringing our year end awards back because unlike 2020, I think we all feel like we watched enough wrestling to make educated (laughs) choices this year. Uh, And this year has actually had like a lot of good wrestling that we could probably give like justified year end awards to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm just going to fuel the, AEW fanboy narrative because they're going to win a lot of stuff. Yeah, they probably are. Because I was, I was actually thinking about that today, like they probably will heavily take a lot of my awards. Um, and that does make it seem like fanboys, but I feel like they're they're the promotion that is having like they're on fire, like they're well, having some Japan, of the best matches. New Japan mm-hmm. shit the bed this year. Yeah, they they're they still have not quite recovered from. Uh, the pandemic. Well, and they they botched Kota Ibushi. They um. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they did. The the new belt is ugly. Uh, you mean Divas Championship? Yes. <laughs> I think I think there's um. Isn't there a sex tape with a uh, Brad Maddox blowing a load on it? Oh. <laughs> I don't want to know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So too soon. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to in light of the fact that we are um, in light of the fact that, that we are banned by and we're not going to call our awards the cornies. We're probably going to call them the foursies um, just because you got to have a name for your award. Right. Yes. But uh, we'll be looking at that and, you know, see, see what we come up with. I can't swear I won't make up a category just to give an award to something I like, but uh, I'm really struggling with my wrestler of the year. It's uh, it's close for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I there I go ahead, Matt. I I would say that there are easily like three people that I can think of right away. I think there's too that, far and it's away. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it is. Because even even most improved or like comeback of the year stuff. Because like man, like Christian Cage deserve deserves something. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he's actually one of the three that I, I he. Well, we'll go into it when we actually do the awards, but there there might have to be a comeback wrestler of the year for him because he came back as like yeah. an afterthought in the Royal Rumble to start the year. And then oh, yeah. he just randomly shows up in AEW, and like all of his matches have been good to awesome. Yeah. In AEW and Impact, it's like he and he joined like what was it? 
Oh, I was forgot about his nothing? impact stuff. Was it double or nothing? Like, he's been in AEW, like, six months, maybe. But he showed up in, like, April. Because like, remember, TNT got mad at them because they didn't advertise he was going to be on the show. He he hasn't yeah. been around even a full year, and he his stuff has been so fucking good and better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Edge has sucked. 100%. I mean, that's... For, for Edge's overall, I felt, has been a bigger star historically. But he shouldn't have been, though. Christian's he, better than him in every... Other than look, Christian is a better promo, he has more charisma, and he's a better entering worker. WWE just wanted Edge. I'm going to make the case, but I, I would agree with you. I It's at this point in time, like today's date, it's hard to say that Christian hasn't just lapped edge in, in terms of like talent in terms of like his overall working ability it's honestly yeah. like amazing and i i'm not someone who hated on christian but i guess i probably never gave him the due that he deserved this year has totally erased that for me like i'm like mm-hmm. this guy is people i i forget who it was it may have actually been like fdr who had always kind of said like oh christian's like one of our favorite workers he's he's amazing and mm-hmm. i was like oh that's kind of odd like i guess i never thought about that but after this year i'm like oh i get it mm-hmm. like he's good on promos he's good on his actual working ability he is fantastic just with his mindset for the business and the he was such a worthy hire if for no other reason that on top of all like his good matches that he's had this year He's apparently teaching guys that they are clearly positioning to be stars of the future, like Jungle mm-hmm. Boy. Yep. And yep. Jungle Boy, I feel like I have seen an improvement in Jungle Boy. In oh, yeah. Season. His promo definitely. He was, all, he was already like a good worker, but he just needed more seasoning. He needed like a little something to push him to that upper echelon and he's getting there. And I think it's yeah. because of the, tut- the tutelage of, of Christian actually making him much better. And jungle boy has said things like that. If you actually listen to interviews he's given, he has full on admitted like, Oh yeah, I'm working with Christian. And I'm like, I'm learning a, a, a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think where he's really helped jungle boy is it's mm-hmm. obvious. The wrestling side of things came really natural to jungle boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he wasn't good at promos and he really was getting by because his work was good and he didn't think he needed promos. And Christian, mm. you can tell Christian has really shown him the value of doing good promos. So it's really yeah. like fleshed him out as a worker. But I want to say the other feather in Christian's cap is he headlined the biggest non WWF pay-per-view in like 24 years or something that drew yeah, 200,000 buys. And he was, mm. he was headlining against Kenny I mean, he wasn't, like, the main reason people ordered that show, obviously, but, like, he was, like, in that headline spot. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, and just to go back to it real quick, the other thing, other way that Jungle Boy has improved is his, the way his matches are structured are better, too. Yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of more subtle, but that they're also better. I I Um, also, um... We need to talk about it at some point, and we might need to talk about it on year-end awards. But Luchasaurus does not get the credit he deserves. No, no. We'll need to. 
I think we're going to have to have like a, a faction of the year or something like that. Gosh, I don't know. Because he's very – it's something I've noticed more and he never gets credit for. But he – well, <clears throat> he obviously accepts his position. But when they wrestle and when they do anything, he's always super careful to never upstage Jungle Boy in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Luchasaurus understands the assignment. That's the best way to put yeah. it. Like yeah. He knows what his, his function is. It's to go out there, look cool, look awesome, do some awesome shit – be a good hot tag quote, yeah quote unquote get himself over in the sense that he is protected enough that he is still a very viable star and obviously sell himself as like the big man because he's he's big guy he's like six and a half feet tall almost 300 pounds and does impressive cool shit for a guy like his size yeah but yeah, he, he knows like the star is jungle boy like he's the guy that they're going to build around I'm not going to go up there and upstage him because I'm like a six and a half foot dude who could do like moonsaults and all yeah. sorts of shit. He's really, really smart in that aspect. Yeah. And I also think I also hate when people hate on him for like his name and stuff because he was in WWE and he did not get over and no one remembers he's there because he just <laughs> was himself. Like, so he put, he you know, that's the thing, like, there's a million six foot five guys in wrestling. So yeah. if you want to get a contract or be memorable, paint your tongue green and put a dinosaur mask on. That's you what people do. You gotta stand don't out get. somehow. Yeah. And the other thing that's great is find a way to stand out that kids love. Yeah. Hey, they kids love wrestlers wearing masks, kids love dinosaurs. Kids love Both. dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. My boys love Dino, one of my kids put him to bed every night. One of the books he brings me is the big book of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. That's every night. I, them. I will give him a shout out because I don't know if he's been mentioned on the show yet, but friend of the show, Christy Petrillo, <laughs> uh, just sent a birthday gift for my daughter. Too. It was like a, one of those like wooden puzzles where you're really just taking like the wooden piece and putting it into like you know, the puzzle. Uh, yeah. Blank, like I'm sure Shad is a parent. You've seen those things before. Yeah, it yeah. was dinosaurs, and my daughter, and the week that she has had it, has become obsessed with it. Like every day, she's playing with it. So yeah, kids love dinosaurs. Yeah, and and Luchasaurus, like it's smart, and obviously, it's resonating with kids because they, AEW has just, they're putting out. I don't think it's actually released into the stores yet. You can pre-order it in places like Ringside, and I'm sure other places, but they're doing a. Uh, a wrestling buddies like the old school WWF wrestling buddies. Yeah. They're doing one of those for AEW figures. They've released four of them so far. And he is in the first wave of only four characters, uh, only four workers, but he is one of those four clearly like they knew that kids would want a, a toy of him. Yeah. Cause he, 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 he merchandise as well. I also yeah. wanted to give a, a shout out to Pro Wrestling Crate because I got mine last week, and um, one of the shirts is uh, is a Kenny Omega one, and it's my hero Kenny Omega, and they pretty much have him as like the main guy you think of when you see My Hero Academia is like pretty much a cartoon oh. anime Kenny Omega dressed up like that guy, and it's a really nice shirt. Nice. And they did a Luna Vachon one. That one's decent too. And my favorite part is I got a Virgil Michael micro brawler <laughs> and a Terry Funk sticker. Oh, I'm okay. 
I'm kind of surprised by that. I would have thought that Cody would have wanted to be on a t-shirt that's kind of like My Hero Academia. Well, he might be in the AEW crate. This is just the pro wrestling mm. crate one. I know Kevin Steen and Mick Foley are in the December one. Mm. In some Who's the main What's character? the theme for that one? The, well, the main character is the kid. The The one that everyone thinks about is the big guy. Like the big genie kind of looking okay. guy. Yeah. All Might, yeah, I just looked it up. That's, tell me that if, if people out there who are not familiar with that anime, and I haven't seen in it that anime, but it, Google like All Might for all My Hero Academia, and tell me that's not a fucking costume you're going to see Cody come out in. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be like, he's supposed to have a blood feud with Malachi Black or someone else, then he's going to have like a 20-minute like walk to the ring <laughs> in an in a All Might costume. It's going to get worse when his kid can walk and he starts bringing his kid out for this stuff. I'm bragging on him. I don't even dislike Cody. I actually do like him. I'm a fan of him, but it's just the pageantry is like a I'm, bit much. I'm in the neutral I, category with him. Um, I haven't hit that point on him myself. Yeah, there's going to be a point. There's going to be a we, I was joking about that in our Discord. Um, I was like, th- the best part is going to be the Shad heel turn on Cody when it happens. <laughs> and he's going to tear his shirt off and have a low-key shirt on, and it's going to be glorious. That's... <laughs> what a heel turn that would be. Oh, God. <laughs> you, yeah, at that point, you guys are going to need to get me to the hospital to check for trauma, because they, I might have finally had that alzheimer's set in. set in yeah that might have that might have finally happened we'll need to check on that but it's like all right it's every- like that happens like shad are you smelling burnt toast you might be having a stroke yeah that my god i use this joke probably too much but it's from a scrubs episode where jd says to turkey goes when you sweat you smell like eggs he goes that's not true have you been talking to carla dr kelso wanders in he starts talking he goes who's what smells like eggs? And Turk goes, nothing, sir, you're imagining it. At the end of the scene, Dr. Kelso turns around and goes, is someone making an omelet or am I having a stroke? Just throw away a little gag, but I love it so much. Nice. Well, I think that is it for this week. We're yep. So um, next week, we're going to – the next two weeks, we're going to be doing Saturday morning cartoons. We're going to finish that off. I, I looked ahead on that in about – after 95, I think we're not going to have much to say. So 95 is going to be our mm-hmm. last year for Saturday morning cartoons. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of sad that we had a lot of fun with that. I think we yeah. might do some side things with cartoons. I do know I have on the schedule for next year, we're going to movie review Transformers the movie. Um, I might see if Tim wants to come on and do that because he recommended that on his one of his um, YouTube videos mm-hmm. um so that's kind of what's up with that i think what we'll, we'll do we'll figure out some other cartoon stuff but um there's just a point with with the saturday morning cartoons that i don't think we'll have much to say and i have to say like overall as like an experiment they were a lot crappier than i was expecting <laughs> <laughs> they they did not some of them did not hold up to the um to pass the the lenses of nostalgia so no there was about a sweet spot of about three years and the rest of it was pretty underwhelming all right well everybody thank you for being with us for this episode we would love to hear from you on social media what you thought about our 
rebooking of the GWS television title tournament. And with all of that, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. And we will see you next time.